This is the Mojo, the Meaning of Life and Business podcast, where life and business intersect. Hosted by Jennifer Glass, CEO of Business Growth Strategies International and BGSI Coaching. We are dedicated to your success. And welcome to another episode of Mojo, the meaning of life and business. On today's show, we are going to be talking about business and making it less complicated. Too many people constantly are trying to think, well, what is it that I'm doing and how can I seem to make it more complicated? It's just something that is as simple as, well, we're opening up a shop and now we need to bring in a million other things and try and figure out what we're doing. That's one of the easiest ways to destroy the business before we get into it. And I'm really happy that I have a great guest on today's program who is going to help us really understand why we don't need to make things more complicated. But before I bring Christine on, let me tell you a little bit about her. Christine Campbell Rapin is a business success coach and lifestyle strategist and is the owner of Clear Acceleration, Inc. She helps female service-based business owners reach six figures and beyond through her coaching, mentoring, and consulting services. Christine works with those women who are looking to accelerate the growth of their business and has an action bias focused around three core strategies to fuel growth, speaking, networking, and hosting events. Christine, thank you so much for being my guest on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. Thank you. So, Christine, let me ask you, too many people get bogged down when it comes to getting set up in their business or operating their business, and they start throwing in things that are more complicated. One of the things that I've always told my people is focus on MVP, minimum viable product, rather than start from let's throw everything in. What are some of the things that we can do to limit how much of those additional complications we might be doing and how do we start limiting what we're allowing in? It really comes down to the simple thing, and I 100% agree with the MVP strategy, the first and foremost thing you need to do is to to hop talk to the people that you may be looking to serve. So many business owners I see make the mistake of building it and hoping they will come. I call it the Kevin Costner Field of Dreams business strategy. It doesn't work. Let me tell you this, spoiler alert. And I think one of the things that we talk to is business can be really simple. If you have an idea talk to the person who you feel may take value in the idea and explore it. You don't have to have all the courses, all the websites, a logo, a funnel, all these really complicated things in your business before, because every time I've seen people do it and myself, when I did that at first, I spent months and thousands of dollars getting to a product launch that had crickets when it got into marketplace. So I think the first thing I always say to people to do is, if you have an idea, go talk to somebody. And I mean talk, don't hide behind a screen, pick up the phone, jump on a Zoom call and say, I'm not selling you anything. 
I'm trying to vet an idea I have and really listen to what they're asking for and really be prepared to dig into the questions of what would make this compelling today. This is also a really important selling strategy when you are actually making an offer. If you don't get the yes, the question to be asking is, what was missing from the offer that would make it a compelling yes today? And if possible, add it in. And if you can't add it in today, you know you've got some homework and some potential ideas to create more value. Businesses must create value and value not in the eyes of your, the owner, but value in the eyes of the person on the other side who is looking to exchange cash for the result that the value it will create. And that's great how you answer that. And I could not agree more. I mean, one of the things that I have um, always tried looking at is can you develop a course first or do you go after the people first? I always say go after the people, ask them what it is they want, create the course around them. Here's a great strategy if you're listening. Go through a course once you have people signed up and do individual lessons that you're recording. Get their feedback. And when you're finished with that feedback, do it again and go through the course again and record it so that people now are going to be able to buy that module as an on-demand training based on what you already got before. And the other thing to remember is when people are objecting to not working with you, right? That's what it is. There's an objection. Remember, objections are questions in a different name. And you want to take those objections, like Christine just said, how can I make it better? What is that objection? And how can you now offer that as part of what it is you're doing? And objections normally are around three key things. Money, time, and not understanding what the program is. 99.9% of objections are around those three things. If you can figure out how to get that worked out, you're going to be much better as you move forward. So, Christine, now that we know what not to do, right, we've said don't go out there and throw everything in at the beginning. Don't do all of these different pieces. What are some of the things that we do want to start paying attention to? We said pick up the phone, jump on a Zoom, things like that. Is there anything else that we really need to be focused in on as we move past the market research phase and then start into maybe development? Do we do the same thing during the development? How do we manage that process? The first thing you need to recognize, and this is the hard truth if you are new in business, this is a real big light bulb but your business will be built on strangers. Even if you have a good network already established or you have good known expertise in the marketplace you wanna serve, you need to recognize you must always fuel new networks. And we say in the industry, your network is everything. 
And so the first thing I tell people is we have to create demand for our service, which is different than the whole idea of lead generation. Demand is building an audience that has some level of connection to what it is you want to serve. And so that's a simple thing of more people, more ways, more often, you must get a visibility strategy running. And I particularly like uh, you know, speaking, networking, and hosting events because they're about scale and that's an efficiency, which is something that's very valuable time as a business owner. But you need to start building an audience and that must be an evergreen commitment. I tell my clients 50 to 70% of your time is simply about meeting some new people. You can't sell to a pool of people without constantly renewing that pool. And so that's the first thing that I think you really need to focus on in terms of growing and succeeding in a business capacity. The second one is around messaging, and I call them the so what factors. And there's three of them. This is about what makes you unique in the marketplace. And you've got to really drill this down or you will get lost in the sea of sameness. And if you're lost, you can't be found by your ideal client. And it's hard to see consistent client growth, which means revenue. The first is why are you doing this? Because if your why isn't so big that you will take uncomfortable action, you're better off employed because no one will do this. You're responsible for building your vision. The second one is you need to know what the problem is. And I think we skate the surface of this in the early days. And what I want you to focus on when I'm thinking about the problem is what does the problem cost your client? And you really need to understand that darkness, the emotions around it, and how it feels. What's the conversation they have around their kitchen table with their friends at the coffee shop or around their sports arena, whatever their lifestyle is, you want to be in the same language and understanding of that place. The third one, of course, is what makes you uniquely positioned to be the guide to help somebody on their journey? And you need to recognize the stories you don't want to tell are the stories your audience will connect to. And there's a level of honesty that feels really foreign when you first start your journey because you're like, I, I don't know if I'm credible yet. You're credible because of your story. You're credible because of your experience. You're credible for a very small group of people who you can create a big business around when you get clear on the messaging. And if you can get the visibility right, and the messaging right, the third thing, is what moves the business is conversation. I think we've got a really dangerous place in the world of business right now where we like to hide. We think the answer is posting on Facebook groups will grow your business, or downloading a PDF, or really automating what we do. And I think that's dangerous. This is my own personal opinion. Right now, people crave community. They crave connection. They crave conversation. So I want to say the third most important thing you can do today is start talking to people. And I don't mean by any means go vomit your business at people. I mean, go talk to them human to human, find out what's about them. There's an interesting neurological fact here that we are wired. And you can take advantage of this and simply know that it's a fuel for your progress in your business. If you can get people to buy in to five connection points, the sixth one will almost always be a yes, because we're wired to say, ah, there's a pattern here. 
And so you're wanting to build trust. You're wanting to build likability. You're wanting to attract the right people and repel everybody else. You're wanting to give value. And then you might reach a place through a relationship that's evolving where someone says, tell me a little bit more about what it is you do. And that's a beautiful gift when it happens because it means you're not chasing clients. You're attracting the right people who get your value, recognize a problem, and are prepared to move today. And that's exactly the goal you need to strive for. And it's where some of the biggest challenges are for the emerging entrepreneur because we rush the gate. And that's unfortunate. It is very much unfortunate. While we're geeking out on the neuroscience, uh, something that I want to share is a UC San Diego study. I believe it was in 2018 when they came out and said that we as humans are bombarded by 34 gigabit of data on a daily basis. Think about that for a second. Your cell phone may have 64 or 128 gig of space in total memory that the phone holds. If we're being bombarded with 34 gig of data on a daily basis, imagine what that means. And so your messaging and what you're doing has to be spot on. It can't be, let's just shoot and spray and see what happens. Because as a human species, we've evolved to put up a wall because we cannot take in 34 gig of data or our brain will simply be overloaded. And that's not per week, that's per day, right? You woke up this morning, the alarm clock went off, the garbage men were outside, the dog was barking, you had to get the kids to school, whatever it was that woke you this morning until you go to sleep tonight. 34 gigabit of data is the average human's uh, reception of what we have. And the only way to break through that is by having the right information going there. Like Christine said, what is the message and are they the right people? You're repelling everyone that doesn't make sense, right? Because that wall simply will not even have a hole to allow your message through. But when you do get the right people, now you have to break down the wall a little bit more once you have that hole. And that's how you continue that conversation. You get what is in their thought zone. What is it that keeps them awake at night? And how do you answer the problem? Remember in sales, they have a problem they don't want and you've got the solution they want and they don't have. Right? If you can marry those, you've got the answer to the problem, you're going to be in a much better position to get them to say yes. Christine said before, five yeses, the sixth will hopefully be that yes, right? And sometimes remember simply, it's micro-commitments too. You agree to this statement. Do I understand what you're saying correctly? Those are yes answers too. And very often we can help move that process along to get to that point where people will eventually say yes. But Christine, let me ask you, as we're moving through the journey here, we're helping people understand what they need to really be paying attention to, how they need to be paying attention to it. Once we're in that 
phase where we're hopefully getting that yes to now say, all right, let's get ready to work together. Mm -hmm. There's very often that odd segue, right? Because we're helping people and now we have to talk about the sale. How do we maneuver around that very tricky um, transition? Because this is what throws a lot of entrepreneurs off. Right? We're great at helping, but we get completely lost at how do we move now into the, do you need my help? Yeah, I think it's actually really simple. Uh, and, I, and I love the, the idea, and, and I've couched this around the idea that selling is really about service. So if you're working and getting those micro commitments, and that's about, I like her, she's knowledgeable, she's kind of quirky. And gee, tell me more. And you're moving them through those micro commitments. Eventually, what the conversation comes to light is there's a gap. And there is a gap because they're putting up their hand and they're staying with you on the journey. And so what I like to do is say, it sounds like there might be a gap from where you want to go to where you are now. That's a yes question. Yes, there's a gap. Would you like to explore how we could bridge the gap together? That's also a micro commitment. Yes, tell me more. Where is it that you see your gap? And that's an open-ended question where they can start to identify, this is where I see your value. Don't assume it ever. You want to ask, where do you see the value? And then respond to that by saying, if you see that value is an alignment and you say they are looking for the gap to be filled over here, and this is how they see I have success capabilities or skill sets to deliver a result, and I'm in alignment that, that I, can, I can deliver at the highest level there, you can say, would you like me to make you an offer to help you bridge that gap and tell you what it could look like? That's another micro buy-in. That's a yes or no. And say, if not, and it's not a yes, you say, tell me what needs to change today that would make it a yes. I'm not here pressuring you on anything, but just tell me what's, what's, what you're waiting for. What's the permission piece? And when you're in that place, you want to remember that you always want to keep it simple. No pressure. They've got to buy into the next decision all along the way. And so when I'm in that place with, with a client or a potential client, we talk about what does that look like for you? This is what the offer could look like. Based on what you've told me, I think A or B are the best option. This is what I recommend as an expert who your value is being sought. Which one feels like the right option for you? Yes to one or yes to no, that number two. And I just keep narrowing that down and saying, Okay, this is what it looks like. And I ask the question, thoughts? And I let them figure it out. Not everyone is prepared to make a yes decision in the moment, but again, this is the journey. And I will tell you a recent client example of mine. I have a client that I started working with just recently who I've known for years. The first time I made an offer was last year in December. I also made another offer when they came to me and said, I'm still not moving forward. Can we talk about this program again? I have some additional questions. I'm not seeing the results. I made another offer in May. Didn't move forward at that time. I continued to offer value. I continued to be a good human being. And they were at an event I held in October. 
and they showed up in my calendar and within 24 hours we we're moving forward it didn't happen the first time because it wasn't quite right and i kept saying what is missing for you what needs to change for you to move forward and when we finally had the third conversation i said what has changed he said this is what's changed and i am ready okay great let's go back what's the value we need today would you be interested in hearing more about it this is what i would recommend based on what i know with you your story what we've talked about to date i think a or b makes sense which one do you feel feels like the right next step for you based on where you are today they've responded and we have a new start of a relationship so i think it's simple be careful of making it over complicated and remember you must lead it but ask pre permission to take the steps because they need to process along the way because there's fear on the table this is unknown this is scary this is a commitment this is also a recognition that i'm excited because maybe i will finally get unstuck maybe finally i'll get the result but all along this journey it is an exchange of value for a result not an exchange of time nobody will pay for your time they pay for the result they pay for speed they pay for less stress but they don't pay you for showing up and breathing for two hours at a time or whatever it is that you deliver your programs under so just remember that people are looking for the result and you need to be really clear and only make an offer in integrity when you know you can support that result if you don't don't make the offer but recognize you must lead and make an offer or you don't have a business you have a hobby and I, I love what you said in that answer and it's really important that when you get the no realize it's not personal mm -hmm. right somebody is simply not ready to make that commitment like you mentioned christine you had that person who three times it took to finally get somewhere uh i had someone that worked with me when i was doing the payment processing business as my core focus she told me the reason they went with me is because of my persistence mm -hmm. we didn't let the opportunity fall through the floor we had our drip campaign that was set up that was constantly setting out something new what is it that we're trying to do, right? We want to remain top of mind so that when the opportunity does present itself, they are going to remember who we are. Sometimes it's as simple as reaching out and saying, hi, how are you? I really want to know, right? It's not this automation you mentioned uh, a little while ago that we're too busy automating things, but it's, that genuine human connection, right? Mm -hmm. If you go on your social media and you send a note to your connections and you say, hi, this is what's going on here. I'm really interested in knowing though more what's going on with you, right? I'm not trying to sell you. Your network is only as good as relationships. We understand that to a great extent, but if we don't take advantage of it, what was the value of us creating that connection in the first place? And so when people remember you, all of a sudden they start 
another connection in that no like and trust factor and that rapport continues to be strengthened. And sometimes that no is simply, listen, you may be the biggest expert in your field, but I don't know you or I don't know you well enough that I can feel I can open up to you and I can bear my soul and tell you things aren't working. (laughs) It takes a really strong connection to get to that point and get to that level where you feel comfortable knowing that the person you're speaking with is A, going to hold your confidence and is going to hold that information only to them and B, is really going to be there that they can help you. Christine mentioned if you can help them with integrity, with really knowing that you can make that offer and know you're going to deliver, then you make the offer. If you don't, then maybe it's not the right fit for you. And there may be other people that it may be better for you to connect. Right? Don't be afraid of working with competition. That's the other thing here. Right? You may get a referral fee. You may get value from that person. And some point down the road, they may come back to you. I used to send tons of people to PayPal simply because they didn't make sense for us to be working with yet. But it is so about the integrity and, and being a good human. You're right. I love what you just said. Create safe space for people and don't get weird. Okay. If someone doesn't say yes, there's no taking it personally and saying, Hey, I'm still in my lane. I'm still in my business. I'm still active. And this business conversation can be recycled and revisited anytime your world changes. And I'm also always showing up saying, here's something of value. This made me think of you. This is an event that might be valuable based on our last conversation. It is a genuine care for people that really accelerates in my business, everything. Care about people. Think about the long-term success. I am here cheering for you, whether you choose to hire me or not. Because I want more businesses to succeed. That is my why. It is heartbreaking watching people give up on their dreams. It's heartbreaking letting people believe that this has to be super complicated and very inhuman and that we have to be perfect. The messiness of life is what we all share in common. Just remember to give yourself grace as a human being. This was my great first effort and it was terrible, but I will keep showing up. Keep having those conversations, keep learning it. And you are so right because the moment that you're visible to somebody can change really quickly the outcome and the speed at which a yes happens. I always think of people in three lanes of traffic. The slow lane is ones that saying, you know, somewhere down the road, I see that problem in the industry or in my peer group, uh, but it's not relevant to me. And so trying to message to them is not going to lead to short-term sales success. It could lead to long-term success. The middle lane is those that know there's a problem and are white knuckling it through that problem. And they see it, but in a moment of crisis, if you have this great relationship you've nurtured and you show up and care, and they're like, I maybe need help. You're like, would you like to talk about that? Yes, I think I would. Okay. Or no, I think I don't. I'm going to just keep white knuckling. It said, okay, well, I'm here when you need me, if you need me, and I'm cheering for you and supporting you. Well, how can I help? 
And that can really be such an important moment to say, I see you. And for the other person to say, I feel seen. Because when you're in distress and a problem, you feel unseen. And the gift you can give as a human being is to actually connect and see each other. And then the fast lane, which happens to, sometimes I call them the unicorns. They already know they have a problem. They've been actively searching, searching for a solution. They probably know you to a certain extent, but they're waiting for the moment where you take the leadership and say, do you want to have that conversation now? Yes, I do. Or something happens and you do something visibly where they say, you need, you're, you've been on my radar for a while. It's time for another conversation. And just have the conversation with no agenda as a foregone conclusion, but confidently lead it. This is what my value is. How can I help you? And if it's me and the integrity and the value alignment is there, make the offer. Don't get weird. Just make the offer and wait to see what they say. If not, you're right. Let me recommend you to someone else who I think might be a great fit, or you should have a conversation with this person, or this might be a resource or a room you would find value in. Care for them by giving them something to do as the next step but have a next step planned, always. They'll remember you, you know from the sea, a crowded marketplace quite quickly by just doing that simple, simple human thing. Absolutely, and here's a key thing to remember also, and this is addressing that three lanes of traffic idea that Christine just mentioned. 97 to 99% of buyers are not ready to buy, right? Only one to 3% of buyers are now buyers. If you think about that for a second, what does that mean? If I have a toothache, I'm not researching dentist after dentist. I'm going to the first dentist I can get into, right? I'm not trying to figure out who I need. If I have a legal matter, I'm not calling around to a whole bunch of attorneys. I'm trying to find the one that's going to help me right away. Whatever that issue is, that's where I am. And then the middle lane are the ones, to use your analogy, are the ones that are sometime buyers and just need a little bit of a push, right? What is it you're going to really be doing that is going to really make sense to them to raise their hand and say, I'm ready to move into the fast lane? Mm -hmm. And the right lane people, the slow lane folks, are the ones that we need to really show what the value is, right? Sometimes it's as simple as here's all the research that you can possibly consume, right? You're staying the drip nurturing sequence and people are getting that value. And by the way, that doesn't have to mean an automated sequence. It could be really you reach out every three months, every six months. How are you, right? really being human, as Christine has been saying, and that can really go a really long way in terms of being in that position to help. So, Christine, let me ask you, we kind of briefly uh, discussed your why, but there's so much that you're doing on a regular basis. What is it that really makes you tick? What is it that drives you? And what is it that you're hoping from all that you do offer will ultimately be giving the world? 
Yeah, I, I'm a, it all starts with, I believe we need to be the change we want to see in the world. And I've spent a lot of years in the world of corporate, and I know that small business changes so many things. It changes who you are in your family, how you show up as an individual in your, um, you know, your parent-child relationships and your spouse partner relationships. We change our local economies. We change and employ other people. And I really, I watch people, particularly women, downgrade their hopes and dreams. And it is heartbreaking for me because I've watched this and it came around from a conversation I had with my, my, young, my young oldest daughter, um, who was probably about 20 at the time. And she said, two things are happening. Most women your age hate their lives because they're starting to become empty nesters. They don't know who they are anymore and they're trying to hold on to their children. And she said, you don't, you don't ever strike me that way. You love who you, you are, you've got a real identity and you're about making impact and it's very inspirational. The other thing that was happening though, is we watch women who, you know, if a man shows up and says, I wanna go build a million dollar business and that's just a level, pick any number you like, the world would cheer. And when a woman does it, we don't cheer for each other. Culturally, we view women as competition for each other, especially in the world of corporate. And I watched women who go from, I'm going to do this amazing empire. And it's just a word that I want to be using for grandiose reasons. And I watch her do it and she doesn't get the cheer. And she goes, well, maybe I can't do it. And then she starts to downgrade and she downgrades in a nanosecond between I'm going to go do and something amazing to maybe I'll take a course to maybe I'll buy a book to maybe one day I'll read the book to, you know what, life is just fine. I'll stay where I am. And I watch people then go, I'm lacking purpose. I lack identity. I lack connection to the wider world. And maybe that's just life. I live for Fridays or I live for the weekends or I live for something else. So what, what the most powerful thing I know is that you are here for a reason and it, there are no mistakes. This is the most light bulb thing I've had in the last decade, which is what if everything you went through was in service, not of you to say you could prove you could survive anything, but to be in service of somebody else. How can I help people believe in themselves and that it is okay. And in fact, 100% acceptable to say, I'm doing this for me, for how it makes me feel, for the ripples of change I can create and for the fact I want to be the change I wish I had or I could contribute to others. And so this gets me up every day because when I watch people struggle and I watch the bad advice out there in the marketplace of how do you grow a business, we start to watch amazing people with amazing potential simply say, I'm not good enough. That's other people's dreams. And I'm like, no, if you have the dream, you can create it. And it doesn't mean that you can create it from the day you had it. You have to evolve to being the person that can make that happen. And instead of getting really caught up in the how, I mean, people come to me to help them with the how. I said, the how is the easy bit. Trust me, I know the how. I've spent 30 years in business. But what's more importantly is who do you need on the journey? What rooms do you need to be in? And that's the community piece. That's the connection piece. And when you can watch someone, when I get the gift of sitting front seat on somebody else's dreams, and I watch them say, I can really do this. I can create the legacy that I want to create today, that I can 
boldly learn new things and I can play and have fun and actually define success on my own terms. There's so much freedom in that and watching somebody get it and then say, look how far I've come. And now the dream just gets back to that big level we started, which we've abandoned in that nanosecond saying, I could do some really good things in the world. Yes, you can. How can we help you do that? And I have great, as I said, it's the most beautiful gift because when I look at my clients and they say, you know, I, at first I looked at success as the measure against somebody else's label. And I say, you are not the labels somebody gives you. You are a person. It's okay to say I'm doing this for me and to be the change you want to see in the world. It takes courage and you do not have to do it by yourself. In fact, we're not wired to do it by ourselves. We're wired to do it with other people. So if your inner circle isn't cheering for you, that's okay. There are other people out there who will see you. The other entrepreneurs will see you. And if you're not sure where to go find them, podcasts like this are a great place to start. Thank you. And I love that um, that piece. I mean, it's always, and I find the imposter syndrome Right. I mean, what we were what you were just mentioning, I think it impacts more women simply because, like you said, we have that. And I don't know where it happened originally, but it's like it seems to go on the mother to daughter to daughter to daughter to daughter, et cetera, as we keep on having that we're not good enough in some sort of way, right? There's something with us that stops us from being in that position. Uh, and it goes also with what society views, right? I mean, a man who is out there and is really a bull trying to see his life by the horns, he's great. He's a leader. He's amazing. He's, he's a man. A woman does that. Oh, she's a witch. Right. Well, there was a there's a you had great stats from earlier, but I'll trade you a stat. So I read this article and it was talking about 75% of high achieving women in the corporate world when they go to start a business feel they don't belong at the table. Is a shockingly high number. And the interesting thing is what even when we can see we were successful in one element of our lives, could be corporate, could be that you're a great mom, kept a kid alive, could be that you're a great wife, could be that you're a great caregiver to someone in your life, you're a great dog mom, whatever it is, we somehow have the struggle between if we were great at one thing, we could be great at another thing. And that's when we say, I don't feel like I belong here because I don't have the greatness yet. And that's where I think working in peer groups and working with people who can see your potential and hold that vision when you're evolving into the being of that badass is so important because we naturally get to the table thinking, I don't belong here. Well, you know what? You're in good company. None of us thought we could belong here, but we didn't give up. Giving up was not on the table. I closed the back door and said, how and what do I need to learn? to be successful in this place, because I know I've got success in some other element of my life. Use that as a stepping stone and give yourself a break. The answer to imposter syndrome or scarcity mindset or any of our limiting beliefs is action. And the big thing I'm a proponent of in terms of you know, how I see the world of business 
is get into and stay in movement. Not all movements forward, okay? So just don't set that expectation for yourself. But if you are in movement, you can create momentum. And momentum is such a game changer to everything. But the reason we're constantly overwhelmed, exhausted, and wondering if we should have a seat at the table is because we're, we're constantly starting from zero. It's the most energy you can spend is zero to one. Stop trying to do that every other week. It's the hokey pokey. It's exhausting. Instead, get into and stay in momentum. And movement creates that momentum. So stay active, messy, but moving. None of us are the highlight reel you see. Not. Most days, we're up and down and all over the map. <laughs> yes. Um, and that was really important. I know certainly for me to hear, and I'm sure for a lot of uh, our listeners also, it's really important just to remember that we need to keep going. We need to keep focused on what we ultimately want to achieve. Mm -hmm. um, one of those things that you really do want to be paying attention to is what is your goal, right? If you know you have a goal in mind and it doesn't matter if that goal is, I want to reach a hundred thousand dollars by the end of the year, or it's a million dollars, whatever that arbitrary number is, or it is, I want to help 10,000 people I want to help a million people. I want to help my family, whatever it is. The more that you can keep focused on that goal, that is really where it is going to allow you to really be keep staying in motion, mm -hmm. right? The problem is when we go through business, we go through life aimlessly without a goal, that's where we start breaking down and we start losing focus. We start losing direction and everything else that we're trying to get accomplished just stops because we don't know where we're going. But if you keep your mind as the cartoon goes, you have somebody digging in the mine mm -hmm. and they're an inch away from the gold, but they give up because oh, it's just too hard. I've been digging for what seems like seven inches, right? Whatever it is, you just give up and you say, I can't do it anymore. But you're stopping just before the gold. And that is what really hurts more people than not. Mm -hmm. The more that you can be focused on, here's where I need to be, here's where I'm going, and saying shut up to other people. Yeah. Right? The world is full of naysayers. It is full of those people who are going to be telling me, you're not worthy, you're not there, don't do it. Right. One of the things that uh, if you look back at previous generations, you were taught you go to school, you graduate from school, you get a job, you work there for 40 years, you got a pension, you retire and you live out the rest of your days. They are the same people that are some of the biggest naysayers. Don't go into business for yourself. You got to have a regular job. You got to do this. You got to do that. And it's going to impact your ability to really have that success. And sometimes you really need to tell those naysayers, even if it's your family, this is not the right conversation for us to be having. 
And don't be afraid to have that conversation because there are times when they're going to be telling you, no, 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 no. Stop doing it. You could be the biggest success in your business, but you don't have a real job because you're working for yourself, right? I can't tell you how many people I know have gotten that and how working from home sometimes is the biggest curse because, yeah, you know, you can go and run all these errands for me because I'm not home and I'm not able to do it just because you work from home. But yet somebody who works in an office who may be less involved in what you're doing, oh, no, they have a real job. They can't do it. And that then gets into all of those, let's get put down a little bit more pieces, which adds that imposter syndrome. And like you were saying, you need to believe you are that badass. What is it that you're going to be doing that is going to be making that difference? And how do you continue moving forward from there so that you are going to be in a better position? Christine, let me ask you, we covered an awful lot in this episode. For people, though, that do want to reach out to you and learn more about your method, learn more about how they can possibly get into your orbit, how can they find out more about you? Thank you. Thank you for the invitation to share. So my name is Christine Campbell Rappin. That's where you can find me on the World Wide Web, ChristineCampbellRappin.com. And in there, you're going to find a whole bunch of resources. So, you know, I said you can sit on the sidelines until you're ready to stand. You'll find free events that you can be part of. You will find uh, video tips, resources, all kinds of things, including also the invitation to come join my community. I run a free community, which is exactly the point you just made. Your family might not be your cheering squad. Your best friend might not be your cheering squad. Your partner might not be your cheering squad. But I will tell you that your crowd is out there. And I built a community right when I first started my business because I knew people needed connection. And in that community, we share resources to help people grow and scale a business. We are your peers. Come and join us. Because at the end of the day, this vision that you had is calling to you. You must choose to answer it, but you don't have to do it alone. So come find me on the World Wide Web, ChristineCampbellRappin.com. You'll also find the ability to connect to me on my social media platforms off of that ecosystem. And we'd love to have you in our orbit. Because at the end of the day, I want to see you succeed. And it'd be my pleasure if there's a way I could help you do that. Whatever that looks like. Thank you. And so as we wrap up our conversation here, what you really need to be focused in on is what is that next step you're going to take? Is that next step going to be making a list, checking a choice, so to speak? Is it going to be finding somebody new, finding a mentor, finding a guide, finding a friend, finding your community that is really going to be there, that is going to be that pushing force when you say, I can't do anymore? Think about it as a marathon. You need to keep going and you need to keep enough fuel in the engine, if you will, to allow you to really be moving forward, to stop having those, I can't take it anymore, I have to give up conversations. Very often, like I said before, we stop before we reach the end zone. If we know exactly where we're going, then that becomes our destination. We know we're not going to stop. If we go on the GPS, 
we say we need to go to mom's house. We don't stop three blocks before. We go all the way to mom's house. <laughs> you need to be doing the same thing. And it doesn't matter what it is that you're trying to do. And it can be in your personal life, in your professional life. It's still, you need to focus on where do you want to get to? Voice that out loud. Don't just write it down somewhere. Voice it to somebody who is going to hold you accountable. Voice it to those people that are in your circle that can really be that cheering squad for you in some manner, shape, or form. They may not be the best people to be doing the rah-rah-rah all the time for you, but they may be the people who can say when you can't do it anymore to still give you enough of a shove to make you cross that finish line. On that note, this has been another episode of Mojo, The Meaning of Life in Business. Christine, thank you again for being my guest. Thank you. And until next time, here's to your success. This has been another episode of Mojo, The Meaning of Life in Business podcast. If you like what you heard, please consider leaving us a review, liking us, or reaching out to us. You can contact us at bgsicoaching.com and let us know what you think. Thanks so much again for listening.